Hello, Grace242. Pastor Bill coming to you from the Grace242 office again. I had Paul Junius, as an attorney, double-check the language of the order by Governor Evers, and Paul agreed with me that it would be still within the boundaries of the order for me to be able to come to the office. So I'm glad that I can film from here and not under the stairs in my basement, which is my makeshift home office right now. But I'm glad I can be here with you all. Our scripture reading today comes first from Luke chapter 9, verse 51, and I'm going to read out of the ESV, and then we'll flip over to Luke chapter 19 and read verses 28 to 44. Let's begin with Luke chapter 9, verses 51 out of the ESV. It says, When the days drew near for him to be taken up, he set his face to go to Jerusalem. And now Luke chapter 19, verses 28 to 44. Let's read those verses. After telling this story, Jesus went on toward Jerusalem, walking ahead of his disciples. As he came to the towns of Bethphage and Bethany on the Mount of Olives, he sent two disciples ahead. Go into that village over there, he told them, and as you enter it, you will see a young donkey tied there that no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks, why are you untying that colt? Just say, the Lord needs it. So they went and found the colt, just as Jesus had said. And sure enough, as they were untying it, the owners asked them, why are you untying that colt? And the disciples simply replied, the Lord needs it. So they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their garments over it for him to ride on. As he rode along, the crowd spread out their garments on the road ahead of him. When he reached the place where the road started down the Mount of Olives, all of his followers began to shout and sing as they walked along, praising God for all the wonderful miracles they had seen. Blessings on the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in highest heaven. But some of the Pharisees among the crowd said, Teacher, rebuke your followers for saying things like that. He replied, If they keep quiet, the stones along the road would burst into cheers. But as he came closer to Jerusalem and saw the city ahead, he began to weep. How I wish today that you of all people would understand the way of peace. But now it is too late, and peace is hidden from your eyes. Before long, your enemies will build ramparts against your walls and encircle you and close in on you from every side. They will crush you into the ground, and your children with you. Your enemies will not leave a single stone in place, because you did not recognize it when God visited you. As a kid, Palm Sunday had a certain magic to it. For some reason, receiving your own palm branch that you got to bring home made this Sunday stand out from the rest. Sometimes I kind of wonder if I had a brother, like, would I have whacked my brother with that palm branch on the way home from Palm Sunday? Well, when I was a youth pastor, our tradition was that the kids would wave their palm branches as they would parade around the sanctuary, and then the adults would sing a hymn as the kids got in a line and, and waved their branches. And the hymn went something like this. Okay, I don't remember any words. It went something like this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
Anyway, so I, I can't remember that hymn and I don't remember any words. So I, I went on the app SoundHound and I tried humming it into SoundHound and SoundHound says, we don't know that one. <laughs> Thanks a lot, stupid app. <laughs> and I probably can't remember any words because, you know, no one wants to sing this hymn while the kids are parading through the sanctuary. Everyone wants to watch the kids. So I would just kind of, you know, hum along as I watch the kids because I don't want to bury my nose in a hymnal. I want to see my kid waving their palm branches. So, But anyway, Palm Sunday was a day filled with joy and laughter and excitement and anticipation of Easter. But this Palm Sunday feels far from joyful. And I think many of us aren't feeling the joy and excitement that we would usually feel on Palm Sunday. I think many of us are probably experiencing feelings that tend towards sad rather than anything joyful. It's hard to be joyful when you're locked down amidst this pandemic. And it's hard to be joyful when you know that Easter is going to be spent the same way. I've talked with many of you and I think sadness is far closer to what we're experiencing as a church right now. This past week I talked with Karen Barnes, who went through one of those first milestones without a loved one, because this past week would have been her husband's birthday. I've talked with Bob Turner, who told me that he lost a friend and coworker this past week. The Weberdings are in our house church, and many of you know that this past week Tamara's father passed away. I talked with Kyle Komarowski, who would have been starting the tennis season as the JV coach at Germantown High School. And all of this while we're confined to our homes during this pandemic. This past week I saw an article out of New York City that was using, they're, they're using refrigerated semis as morgues. Harrowing imagery in that article. Enjoy probably seems a long way off right now. On a little bit of a lighter side, back when the cancellations for COVID started happening, there was a March Madness game that was interrupted mid-game and was canceled. And St. John's was one of the teams that was in that game and their mascot, Johnny Thunderbird, was photographed sitting in the stands all by himself. This image went viral and someone even made a TikTok out of it. Hello darkness, my old friend. I've come to talk with you again. But I think this image of Johnny Thunderbird captures how we feel right now. On Facebook this past week, one of our very own people here at Grace242 posted this. It says, go into your camera roll and find the last photo you took in a moment where you felt completely happy and then post it in the comments below. You only post a meme like this or a post like this if happiness is in short supply. Where Palm Sunday would normally feel joyful, happy, and exciting, we are a church and a nation of sadness right now. Palm Sunday essentially begins all the way back in Luke 9:51, and I like how the ESV renders this. It says, Jesus set his face to go to Jerusalem. I remember being in English class as a high school student and the English teacher would draw these plot lines, you know, draw these diagrams. 
he, she would draw the plot line of a story and, and you had this initiating event and then the build to the climax and then the resolution on the other side of the climax. And we might say that Luke 9.51 is the initiating event. When Jesus sets his face to go to Jerusalem, he knows that he is walking into death. When he makes Jerusalem his destination, he knows that the destination is Roman execution. Luke 9.51 is the initiation of Jesus' path toward death. He knows that when he arrives in Jerusalem, sorrow and death await him. When it comes to Holy Week, it's easy to go from triumph, joy, and happiness of Palm Sunday straight to the triumph, joy, and happiness of Easter Sunday. But that's not the whole story. In the middle of that triumph and joy is sorrow, tragedy, and death. And when Jesus sets out for Jerusalem, he is embarking on a journey toward death. Ten chapters later in Luke 19, Jesus arrives to his destination. Jesus' approach to Jerusalem begins in the town of Bethphage on the Mount of Olives. And the Mount of Olives is a hill that's east of the temple. It's in Bethphage that Jesus instructs his disciples where to find a donkey. And this is my favorite part of this story. <laughs> Jesus tells his disciples, go untie this donkey, and if anyone asks you about it, just say, hey, the Lord needs these. <laughs> and sure enough, the disciples go, they find the donkey, begin untying it. Someone asks them, hey, what are you doing to my donkey? And they just say, the Lord needs these. Oh, okay then. Well, if the Lord needs them, then continue taking my donkey. <laughs> right? I just love this story. The Lord needs these. <laughs> Jesus mounts this donkey, and he begins his triumphal entry journey. And now we need to switch over to Google Earth for a second to look at what's going on here. So as we zoom in on Bethphage, you're going to see that this town is to the east of the Temple Mount. Now it's part of Jerusalem itself, but back then there would have been separation between these two places. So you have Bethphage right here on the Mount of Olives, and you have the Temple Mount right here. Now if we rotate around, we can see the path that Jesus' triumphal entry would have taken. You can kind of see how Bethphage is up on a hill. And there's the temple right there. So Jesus would have sent, set out from Bethphage, going down the Mount of Olives into the Kidron Valley, which is right here. And then on the other side of the Kidron Valley, he would have gone up the hill to the temple and gone in through the gate into the temple. That's the route that Jesus' triumphal entry would have taken. As I was preparing for Palm Sunday, I read the triumphal entry in all four Gospels. But what I either never noticed or didn't remember is that Luke says that Jesus weeps as he approaches the city. Verse 41 says, But as he came closer to Jerusalem and saw the city ahead, he began to weep. In the middle of this joyful, triumphal, exciting event, Jesus is weeping. Why? Because he is crying over the people's unbelief. On this day, Jerusalem receives her true king, but the city will not accept him. Instead, the city will kill him. Jesus prophesies that the city will be destroyed, and this prophecy is going to come true when the Romans attack the Jews and destroy the temple in 70 AD. 
But then Jesus says that all of this destruction and all this fighting and all this horrible things, all these will happen, quote, because you did not recognize it when God visited you. That's verse 44. Jesus is weeping because a world that is broken, sinful, and fallen is rejecting her true king. In the middle of what is supposed to be a joyful and triumphant event, Jesus weeps over a world that is mired in sinfulness and unbelief. That brings me to our first consideration for today. And that is that sadness is okay, but fear is not. It's okay to be sad. On what is supposed to be a day of celebration and joy, if you're not feeling it, if you're sad, that's okay. Jesus wept in the middle of his triumphal entry. It's okay to weep right now because we have a God who weeps. It's okay to be sad in the midst of this pandemic. We have this pandemic because our world is plagued with sin. And it's okay to be sad about that. Jesus wept over the sinfulness of a city that would reject Him. But in all that sadness, He still sets His face to Jerusalem. The NLT says, Jesus resolutely set out for Jerusalem. Nothing would deter Him from going to the place where He would die. Can you imagine if fear had prevented him from going to Jerusalem. If Jesus doesn't go to Jerusalem, then he doesn't die on the cross. And if Jesus doesn't die on the cross, then he doesn't rise from the dead. He doesn't rise to new life. And if he doesn't rise to new life, then we don't rise to new life. If Jesus doesn't go to Jerusalem, then there is no resurrection. Jesus did not let fear deter him from his destination of death in Jerusalem. In the same way, it's okay to be sad, but it's not okay to be afraid. Jesus wasn't afraid to go to Jerusalem, and we don't need to be afraid of this pandemic, nor do we need to be afraid of death. We need not fear this pandemic, and we need not fear death, because Jesus has set his face to Jerusalem so that death would be conquered. We need not fear because the king has conquered death. Revelation 7-9 gives us a picture of a second Palm Sunday where the people of God celebrate the king who has conquered death. Look at this second Palm Sunday in Revelation 7 verses 9 and 10. John says, After this I saw a vast crowd, too great to count, from every nation and tribe and people and language, standing in front of the throne and before the Lamb. They were clothed in white robes and held, get this, palm branches in their hands. And they were shouting with a great roar, and this is very reminiscent of our passage in Luke, Salvation comes from our God who sits on the throne and from the Lamb. We get a picture of a second Palm Sunday in eternity. All of the people of God waving palm branches, celebrating the King who is on His throne. But that second Palm Sunday isn't possible without the first Palm Sunday. 
If Jesus had not set his face to Jerusalem, then we have no resurrection, no new life, no eternity with the king. New life with the king does not happen without his death. This leads me to our second consideration for this morning, and that is that God doesn't pull us out of our sorrow and sadness. Instead, he enters our sorrow with us. God doesn't save us from sorrow. Instead, he enters our sorrow alongside of us. There is no second Palm Sunday without the first. There is no eternal celebration of the king without his death march into Jerusalem. When Jesus weeps over the city, he is weeping over the very world he came to save. When Jesus weeps over Jerusalem, God himself weeps over the world as one of us alongside of us. We don't have a God who rescues us out of sorrow and sadness. Instead, we have a God who runs into that sorrow, into that sadness, and weeps alongside of us. That's the God who we celebrate today.